thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. You may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. the top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. We're so thrilled to share the Word together. I tell you what, it's when you get thrilled with the Word that it works for you. Because when you get thrilled, your heart gets engaged, right? Hallelujah. We've been teaching on the subject of the mind because no matter where you go, your mind goes with you. (laughs) So it might as well be a mind that is peaceful, calm, and going to really be a blessing to your life instead of going to be a place of, of, of harassment and trouble for your life. The Word has much to say about the mind, but we have to cooperate with the Word. And uh, we've been taking as our golden text something in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. This is what Paul said to Timothy. He said, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Notice this, fear is an enemy to a sound mind, but a sound mind forbids fear's entrance. Amen. And so a sound mind has been given to us in Christ. It's part of our inheritance. So we have to know how to conduct a sound mind, how to work with a sound mind, what to keep out of our sound mind, what to let into our sound mind. Amen. Um, We have been looking at Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. So go there with me if you would. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. And this is going to be, this, I've got a studio audience here. They're good responders. They're good ameners because we're all hungry. I know you're hungry too. And so we're, it's good to be with people who love what you love. Amen. And we love the word, don't we? We love Jesus. We love our father. Uh, Romans chapter eight, verse one, Paul is writing and he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So know this condemnation is something that we should not have any participation with. God says that there's no condemnation is what he planned for your life. No condemnation. Condemnation is where a sense of guilt and shame and regret and all these things come from. And condemnation will rob you of faith. It will hinder your faith. It will hold back your faith. It will, it will cripple your hand of faith. Your hand of faith won't reach out fully and take a firm hold on what God's provided for you if you're under a sense of condemnation. And you know, you can be under a sense of gr- a greater sense or less sense of condemnation. So um, sometimes people can just have a bit of, uh, of that condemnation just bothering them. Well, we need to answer it with the word. And how do we answer it? We say, uh, there's no condemnation 
in my life. I refuse it. You have to talk to it when that sense of condemnation tries to come because condemnation pushes you down. It puts puts you under a thumb, so to speak, and it holds you down and it shows you and and, and it, it tries to depict no hope for you. It tries to depict this is this is the way it's always going to be for you. Yes. That's not that's not how God moves. Uh, what we will have in our life, though, is when we need to make corrections or adjustments, God doesn't show us that through condemnation. Mm-hmm. He shows us that through conviction. Our own spirit will convict us when we need to make a correction or an yeah. adjustment. Yeah. And the thing about it is conviction shows you what to do. So there's always hope at it. Amen. It's a lifting place that when we're convicted in our heart of going, you know, that, that conversation wasn't right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that again. Or, you know, I shouldn't have gone to that place. I shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't have done that. Well, when your spirit convicts you, see the life of God's in you. The nature of God is in you and your own spirit will convict you. And so when you have that sense of conviction, now you know what to correct. And when you correct it, you're lifted by that. Amen. Amen. So don't yield to condemnation. It's a poor counterfeit for conviction. And so uh, we don't yield to condemnation. It'll rob us of our faith. And I tell you what, you need your faith to work. We all need our faith to work because we've got to conduct business with heaven. And we do that on the basis of faith. Um, Condemnation will will hold you outside your miracle. It'll rob you from your miracle because it robs you of faith. Amen. We've been also reading in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, it says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So what should we do with our sin? What should we do with it? Confess it. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about someone who's never been born again. Someone who's never been born again, they can't even confess all their sins to get born again. I mean, you don't even know all your sins. You don't even remember all your sins. You don't even know what God calls sins sometimes, right? So whosoever uh, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's how you're saved. You call on the name of the Lord. And he cleanses you of all your sin. But from then on out, as we grow in Christ and as we see, hey, we stepped outside the word. We stepped into sin. Well, then we confess that. So 1 John 1, 9 is written to Christians. It's not written to the sinner. It's written to Christians that if we confess our sin, then what will happen? Uh, He'll get involved. And what does he get involved? He forgives us and he cleanses us. Now, see, we have to forgive ourselves too. And then when somebody else, uh, you know, we forgive others too, because if we don't, it will keep our faith from working. Um, If we're under a sense of condemnation, it's a sign we haven't forgiven ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember, Jesus said, forgive if you had all, have ought against any. Yes. That's uh, Mark eleven twenty five. Forgive if you have ought against any. Do you know you're included in that any? Yes. That yes. If it, 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 you have to forgive that if you have ought against anyone else, but if you have ought against yourself, you're still part of that, that you have to forgive yourself. Paul told us in Philippians chapter 3, turn with me real quick if you would, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. Now, Paul, of course, was used of the enemy to bring great persecution to the early, to the days of the early church and the early days of the church, rather. And uh, notice that Paul got born again 
He got forgiven, but notice his mindset. Once he was forgiven of that, he said, I forget those things. Why? We're authorized. The blood of Jesus cleanses us and authorizes us to forget the past. Amen. Amen. Forget it. He's, He's authorized us to forget it. And this is the mindset of Paul. He shows us how he was able to be used so mightily of God is because he did forget his past. And then it says something else that he did. He said, I reach forth unto those things that are before. There's so much in front of you, reach toward it. Uh, Then the 14th verse, he said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So Paul said that because of the blood, he was able to do three things, forget, Mm -hmm. to reach forth, and to press. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we have to forget. Why? When we forget, then we can reach forth unhindered. Amen. And then we can press and keep going so that we can complete what God has called us to do. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to turn with me, it with me, if you would, to Isaiah in chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. And I want you to see how God handles uh, his response to sin. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 25. Now see, we have to think like God thinks, right? That's what a renewed mind does. That's what a sound mind does. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. God's saying, and he says, I, even I, am he that, look at this, I blot out thy transgressions. Look at this wording, for mine own sake. For mine own sake, and I will not remember thy sins. So he's showing us that with forgiveness and with the blotting out of sins by the blood of Jesus, by the cleansing of that sin, also comes not only forgiveness, but forgetting. When God forgives you, he forgets it. He's not going to pull it up at a later time and load his gun with what you did in the past and fire that at you. He's not going to throw it back your way. Because when God forgives you, he doesn't bring it up again. Why? He's forgotten it. And I tell you, when God, God knows how to forget. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I want you to see this. It said that God tells us he blots out our transgressions. Look at this. For his own sake. He doesn't say he does this for our sake. He said he does this for his own sake. Well, what does God mean by that? God so wants to bless us. But sin, sin keeps, keeps us from receiving the blessings. So he says, I tell you what, I'll forgive you for my sake so that I can bless you. That's how strong his want to, to bless us is. He says, I'll just get rid of the sin because that comes in between you and me. You, it gets between you and blessing. It gets in between me and you and it gets in between you and blessing. So I tell you what, for my own sake, just so I can bless you, I'll forgive it and forget it. Isn't that amazing? Not only that, God calls us in the New Testament, we are co-laborers with God. He needs us laboring with him. Amen. Why? Because we're his representative in the earth. We're the body of Christ in the earth. He needs his body. He needs us in the earth functioning and moving with him. And if he were to count up our sin against us and hold it against us, not only would we not be the body, yeah. but 
we couldn't be a co-laborer with him. So he forgives and forgets it for his own sake so that he can continue to work through us. Amen. So that we can labor with him. What a, what a plan. Amen. So great is the blood of Jesus. And God did this. Yes, for our sake, of course, we're blessed. But for his sake, he had a purpose in forgiving it and forgetting it. Now, we need to work with his purpose. If him not forgiving it and forgetting it would hinder him from blessing us and using us, how much would it hinder us from being able to be used by him? That No, uh, we don't want it to hinder our fellowship with him or hinder how we can cooperate with him in his plan. Amen. Amen. Now, verse 25, I want you to again see these words. He says, uh, I even I am he that blotteth out thy transgression for mine own sake. Look at this. And will not remember thy sins. Notice the wording. I will not. Will not. This is a choice of his will. He set his will to not remember. That is a choice he made with his own will. So we must also agree and comply with his will set our will in agreement with his will. If he won't remember, then I set my will in the same direction. I won't remember. Now, what about this? What if we know his will is to forget it, but our will is to remember it? We're not in agreement. How can two walk together except they be agreed? How can we move together if his will is in forgetting it and our will is in remembering it? We have to, once we truly repent, we have to agree with his will and say, I will not remember. You say, well, you know, who told you you could not remember God? God told me. Because when he said he will not, then I say I will not. And when I say I will not, I'm being like God. When I will not remember, I'm being like God. It's amazing. I love this. (laughs) Yay. This is fun. We need this. We need to know this. We need to be skillful in this flow of a renewed mind. This is how a renewed mind thinks. A renewed mind says, I will not remember what God's forgiven me of. I will not. That's a renewed mind talk. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, in the next verse of Isaiah chapter 43 in verse 26, I want you to see what it says. Then God's, well, let's, for for just impact's sake, 25 again. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgression for mine own sake and will not remember thy sake, will not remember thy sins. Verse 26, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. So he says, put me in remembrance. What are we going to remember? What are we reminding him of? Father, you forgave me and you forgot it. We remind him, we remind ourselves. Amen. Now, he says, put me in remembrance. Then he says these words, let us plead together. You know what he's talking about? Prayer. He's talking about prayer. He said, when you have, a, when you have a, a situation, let us plead together. You plead your side, I'll plead my side. See, when you work together, you pray to God, you listen, you talk to him. But see, prayer is not just a one-sided thing. It's talking, it's listening. It's listening, it's talking. Yeah. Amen? Amen. So notice this. He's talking about verse 25. I'm not going to remember your sin. I'm going to blot it out. I forgive you, I blot it out. In verse 26, now he talks about prayer. Now you can pray effectively. Wow. Because 
you're not reminded of your sin. God's not reminding you. He's forgot it. Now you can be bold in prayer. Now you can plead your case with God. Because if you don't forgive yourself, I go to, I guarantee you, you go to pray and go to lay the hand of faith on something, uh, that condemnation, that lack of forgiving yourself, that lack of forgetting will cause you to draw back. You won't be bold to plead your case with God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So it says, uh, verse 26, put me, God, in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. We can be bold whenever we're talking to him, when we're not just bringing up our past. Now we know what the devil will do. When we go to pray, the devil's going to remind you of where you've missed it. I guarantee you. And that's why God says, now I've already forgiven you and forgotten it. So now you can plead bold. No matter what the enemy tries to remind you of, know that it's forgiven and forgotten. That's one strategy of the enemy. Have you ever noticed when you go to pray, the devil is reminding you, well, you didn't do this and you didn't do that and you missed it here and you sinned here. He's always trying to remind you of your past. You remind him, nope, God forgave me. God forgot it. It was a choice of his will and he invites me to plead my case with him. Why? Because we're going to lay hold of heaven's plan. Amen. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren. He will accuse you with where you've missed it. Now go with me. I want you to see something in Matthew chapter 15. We're going to see something in line with this. That God wants you to not only to, he not only forgives us, but he wants you to forget it. We have to be skillful with our memory. Yes. It matters what we remember and it matters what we forget. That's good. Matthew chapter 15 and I'm going to read through quite a few verses here. So you follow along with me. You'll recognize this passage, Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21. And we'll read all the way through verse 28. It says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. Now in these places, this is where basically the Gentiles lived. So he's going through the place where the Gentiles lived. Now, he was sent to the Jews to preach to them. It wasn't until uh, that he sent the disciples out after his death, burial, and resurrection that then the Gentiles were then preached to. But Jesus, primarily, he preached to the Jews, but he's walking through a place here where the Gentiles live. What's he saying? What's he showing? I'm a coming your way. (laughs) Right? You're not going to be left out of this covenant. I'm coming your way. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast. So he's in her territory, right? He's in her territory. He's in the region where the Gentiles were. Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David, My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Now notice the words. It doesn't say her age, but she says, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. So my question is this. The daughter lives with her at her house. My daughter is grievously vexed of a devil. What's been going on in that house? What has this woman been permitting or engaging in? That's right. Because see, these aren't people with a covenant with God. Yes. What lifestyle 
Was she participating in or permissive? Yes. Because I'm going to tell you, the devil can't just walk in and take over a house. Somebody's got to open the door to him. Something has to be, give him access. And so this is my question. A daughter got a devil living with her. What's going on in her life? Or what has she permitted the daughter to do? So she says, O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Verse 23. But he answered her, not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. So she says, O Lord, thou son of David. Now notice this. Son of David is a covenant term. That's something... That's something that the Jews know. She's not a Jew. She's a Gentile. She's heard him called that. So she approaches him with what she's heard him called. And he recognizes those are borrowed words. You don't know me as son of David. I'm not. He wasn't son of David to her. She didn't have a covenant with him. God doesn't want to hear what you heard. He wants to hear your heart. He doesn't want you to borrow what you think, Mm -hmm. what you think he wants you to say. He wants to hear from you. So she cries out after him using, if I call it these borrowed words, Mm -hmm. they're true about him, Mm -hmm. but they're not true of a Gentile. That's not part of what they know. And he didn't answer her. So notice this, she goes over to the disciples and now they're saying, hey, she's bothering us. Send her away. Listen, Jesus, not, Jesus is not looking for an opportunity to send her away. Right. That's what they're looking for. Yeah. She's bothering us. She wasn't bothering him. Yeah. She wasn't bothering Jesus. He's not looking for an excuse mm-hmm. for her not to get her help. Mm-hmm. Verse 24, but he answered and said, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him. Notice this is a second approach that she made. The first approach, she came to him and said, son of David, have mercy on me. Mm -hmm. That's her first approach, using words that didn't belong to a Gentile. Mm -hmm. Her second approach is what what we see here in verse 25, she came and worshiped him. Mm -hmm. Ah, now Mm -hmm. this approach is from her heart. Yes. So she worshiped him saying, and look at, listen to her prayer, Lord, help me. What, what sincerity you hear? Yeah. Lord, just help me. Yeah. I'm done with the title. I'm done with calling you yeah. a, Hebrew, a Hebrew name, a Jewish yeah. phrase. I'm done with that. Yes. Just help me. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, that answer got her help. I mean, that prayer got her help. That prayer will work for you. Help me. Mm-hmm. Verse 26, but he answered and said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. So he sang to her, the deliverance that you're looking for, it belongs to my children. The healing that you're looking for, it belongs to my children, not to cast it to dogs. Mm -hmm. And she said, truth, Lord. Now see, uh, the way she lived as a lifestyle was less than honorable. Mm -hmm. They don't have a covenant with God. They don't have God's word governing them. Mm -hmm. Notice she did not bring up the sins of her house, Mm -hmm. the sins of her past, Mm -hmm. the sins of God. She didn't even bring that up. He brought it up. And you know what she said when he brought it up? Truth. Yep, yep. Didn't try to hide it. Didn't try to act like, I don't know what you're talking about. She said, truth, Lord. 
Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Mm -hmm. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. I want you to see here, this woman did not approach Jesus with reasons why she shouldn't receive. And she had reasons. She had reasons. She didn't come talking about her sinful lifestyle. She didn't come talking about what's been going on in her life. She just came and said, help me. <laughs> and he said, great faith. Why? It's not faith to come with, with your faults and failures in your mouth. It's not faith. Once you've repented, once you've repented, it's not faith to keep talking about to God where you missed it. Keep bringing it up. That's not faith. That's an unrenewed mind. That's an unrenewed mind. That when we have been, when we have confessed our sin, God forgives us. He cleanses us. That's what we ought to be coming to him talking about. Thank you that I'm clean in your presence. Thank you that my past is forgotten and it's gone. Therefore, I have no reason not to receive. You get that? People are using reasons not to receive and they're using the past. Don't use a reason not to receive. Find every reason to receive your miracle. And what is your reason to receive? I'm forgiven. I'm cleansed. Not because I earned it, but because Jesus cleansed me. Amen. I tell you what, this woman taught us something. She didn't come rehearsing her failures or her faults. Jesus brought it up and when he brought it up, she agreed. She didn't try to act like it was. She didn't know what he's talking about. But I see this. God so wants us to receive what we need, but he needs us to agree. Amen. 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 Agree with what? Agree that I'm forgiven. Agree that your blood has cleansed me and it's washed me away. Therefore, there's no condemnation. I'm not going to live under a sense of shame, embarrassment, guilt, regret that robs me of joy, robs me of peace, but free, free, free for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Now I can be bold in his presence. I tell you what, it is a joy for us to come and to minister these truths to you on Victory Channel. And can I tell you the reason we can do that is for one reason is Kenneth Copeland Ministries has sowed this airtime to our ministry. And my, 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 that's precious to us. We honor that great seed that he has sown and we value it. And if these messages and this ministry and what we're ministering of the word to you, if it makes a difference in your life, I'm going to ask you if you're not already, pray about becoming becoming a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries. We invite you to go to kcm.org and there's a place where you can go and sign up to be a partner. But we ask you, if this message is blessing your life, consider and pray about becoming a partner. Amen. We've been teaching out of our book, A Sound Disciplined Mind. We want to get you your copy. You can go to deframeministries.org and order it and we'll get it right out to you. And we want to remind you that until we see you next time, remember that Jesus is the healer. God bless you. We'll see you next time. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual ladies' conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California, October 4th through the 6th. Everyone is welcome to attend. 
For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Nancy Dufresne's book, Daily Healing Bread from God's Table, contains daily portions of healing bread for you to feast on and meditate on in your thought life throughout the day. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.